after last year, everybody forgot how to talk to people. Oh, God. Myself included. So oh, God. It, like, I, I was already at a deficit. <laughs> and it's just like, at least hopefully other people are maybe at my level now. And we're all just kind of awkwardly re-entering the world. Equally. We're all equals yeah, now. Yeah, forgetting how to be people yeah. again. We're, it's a it's a level playing field. Yeah, that's my goal. That's how it should be, yeah. Everybody's yeah. weird now. Right, <laughs> we're all good. like just fucking strange. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, Colby here with another uh, episode of my little side series of, of interviews where I talk to somebody about their scariest movie experiences, um, and we kind of talk about the context surrounding that. Uh, of course, the title of these uh, this side series is Little Scaries, which uh, was originally a working title, but I think it's just the title now at this point. I think it's a good one. Uh, no, I take that back. I don't think it's a good one. I think it's a unique one. And I'm happy with that. Um, and of course, uh, I am super, super excited to be joined by not only my really good friend, uh, but also the program director at uh, the Atlanta Film Festival. And we'll get into all of the other many titles that she has held there. Um, but please welcome Alyssa Armand. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Now that we got all that shit out of the way. Yeah, all that shit. <laughs> How's it really going? I mean, you know. <laughs> Let's get honest. It's let's 2021. Do, let's do therapy. <laughs> How well are any of us ever doing? Exactly. Ever. Exactly. So uh, obviously, I've known Alyssa since college. We, we go way back. Uh, we studied film together. She is involved in the kind of the Atlanta film world currently. She, uh, I mean, I can safely say that the Atlanta Film Festival is my favorite one. I've been to it almost every year for the last like five or six years, and it is... Great. I've seen so many great films. And uh, as the programming director, talk to me about that. What does that kind of entail for you, aside from everything that you do? Because <laughs> I know you do so much shit there. Too much. Um, yes. So I am primarily responsible for like spearheading, leading, whatever you want to call it, the team that reviews all of the thousands and thousands of submissions that we receive every year. So we're a year-round organization. We have like educational classes, um, screening series, stuff like that. But we spend most of the year planning the festival because that's how long it takes to watch all of the films that come into us. So yeah, I watch a lot of movies for work. I've watched probably more movies than any human should watch in a lifetime, definitely in any single year. And they're all great movies, right? Every like, single so good. one is incredible and worth programming. And I just have to choose the 200 that can make it out of those. That's so easy. So easy. <laughs> I don't even have to try. <laughs> so and when we were talking before we started recording, uh, you, you mentioned you started off as a volunteer. Yes. And have now worked your way all the way up to program director. So tell me about kind of that experience of obviously coming as a volunteer and then, you know, very quickly progressing into your current position. Yeah. So I have to admit, like, I didn't know there was an Atlanta Film Festival before I knew about it. Um, the way I found out about it was when we were in school. Um, I was in one of the film classes and someone came in and just said like, hey, the Atlanta Film Festival needs volunteers. And oh, cool. at that time, I was nearing the end of my degree, I want to say, and had not done any extracurricular activities at all. And I was very stressed about it. So I was like, <laughs> okay, this is a thing I can do. Like, let's try it. That sounds fun. Um, that was 2013, I think. I ended Whoa. up. I know, right? Holy oh cow. We're old. We're so old. <laughs> I ended up volunteering for the 2013 and 14 film festivals, both when I was still in school. And then when I graduated in 2014, I was like, oh shit, what am I going to do with my life? Um, saw that they had internships at the festival and was like, hey, maybe if I like schmooze and was like, I was a volunteer for you. I've given you my free labor already. Like they would let me, you know, give them more unpaid labor and obviously it worked <laughs> of course they're not gonna say no to they're that like, yeah what? great you know things um so yeah i became an intern in like fall 2014 by early 2015 i got officially hired at the time as an assistant programmer 
I think I've had a lot of titles. Yeah. <laughs> um, was mostly brought on to help with a kind of secondary program that they were running with Xfinity at the time, actually. And then the summer I was officially hired on full time year round as a shorts programmer, did that for a couple years. And then in early 2017 became programming director mm. when our previous programming director left. So it happened. Um, more easily than it should have you know like oh college and oh, okay i did a thing and oh now i have a job it sounds to me like a lot of hard work oh a lot of hard work um yeah it sounds fun to be like yeah i watch movies for a living and my dad loves to joke about it that like oh i was like in front of the tv all the time and now i get paid to watch movies and it's like great but watching that much content um that you're not like choosing to watch this yes. is not like of your own volition for sure for sure like programmers you have to think kind of outside of your specific taste all yeah. the time um and just really try to look at everything the big picture and really we're looking for just something new um which is easier and easier to find those things the more and more you watch so i always recommend to like filmmakers and stuff especially or just people that want to learn more about film like be on a screening committee for a festival I feel like I like no offense to GSU, sorry if you're listening, but like I feel like I all the offense to Georgia yeah. State University. We're we're starting beef <laughs> with them right now. They're uh, listeners. They, they know. Yeah, they know. Hi. Um. I yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I learned so much about film just purely by consuming as much of it as possible, and especially seeing the things that like actual independent filmmakers are making, and short films especially really kind of grew on me, and that's always going to be kind of my passion of just I don't know. It's a different form to see what people can accomplish in a very very short amount of time i agree like i think you might have even been the one that kind of got me into short films probably because you were a shorts programmer at, yeah. at the film festival and uh obviously i always loved coming to see your your short film blocks but um like yeah you're right it's just a, such a unique storytelling yeah like medium of you can tell so much in so little time and whether they're animated, whether they're documentaries, whether they're, you know, live action, there's so much you can do with, with that kind of, um, idea. And I think I've been into them since, uh, probably like five or six years when you yeah. probably started doing that. And, um, since then I feel like every year I, I have to go see the, the Oscar nominated shorts because yeah. they play those at uh, Midtown arts cinema yeah. every year. And that's become like a yearly tradition for me is yeah. like, trying to go see those, the live action and the animated ones. And um, and yeah. you've seen shorts like on Netflix and stuff now and like HBO, like it's really becoming more popular. Yeah. And then of course, like Vimeo with their Vimeo staff picks and short of the week, it's it's possible to find, you know, short programming now. And I, I didn't really know about short films before I started working there when I was an intern. They kind of just randomly assigned me as a short screener. I don't know why they chose me for that. I guess they just like saw. <laughs> they this, saw it in you. This, yeah, there's something there. But yeah, I just like completely fell in love with it. And so when I became programming director and like started watching features again, I was like, I'm going to keep doing shorts like that. Yeah, did you, my... were you like, these movies are too long? <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. And it, that's still a problem in my like daily, normal, casual watching. I'm just like, I will commit to like a TV show and I'll watch like four movies worth of episodes. But like the fact that they're bite sized, I'm just like, okay, I have the option to stop Makes after 20 to 40 minutes, even if I never do. But yeah, movies are difficult for me in my like real life, especially after the last year. I think, yeah, I think that's, especially after last year and also just like a part of being an adult is yeah. like, I don't, I, I, I am with you. Like I used to love long movies. Obviously the Lord of the Rings extended trilogy is probably my all time <laughs> favorite set yep. of movies. Yep. And while my love of those movies will not ever leave me, um, you're right. Like if, if, if me and Brittany are about to watch a movie and it's like, you know, two hours and 20 minutes, we're like, oh, we can Right. We I'm can like, oh, it's else. a three-digit runtime? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I don't know about that. It's tough. It's a tough, it's a tough ask. It, yeah. it, it is different, though, I think, when you're, when you're seeing it in theaters. Yes, Obviously, there's sure. a, a different kind of environment that kind of welcomes that. But, like, yeah, if we're just watching something at home, which we have all been doing for yep. the last year, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a different uh, challenge of, like, patience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think I think with shows it makes it a little bit easier as well. Um, but I think what's what's good about uh, the other reason why you're here, you are a horror film fan. Yeah. And 
historically horror films are a little shorter yeah which is really nice that's true you know they just they get to it you know they don't waste much time exactly and i think um obviously we'll get into the the movie that that you picked for movies potentially that you have picked for this episode um but before we do that i always like to talk about kind of your your history with 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 horror like did you grow up Mm. liking it were obviously with with me i was raised very christian and so none of it was good for me sure uh, until i got older but uh, what, what was kind of your relationship with it growing up? Um, I did not grow up with it. I was a wimp when I was a child, like mm, terribly, terrible wimp. I I remember I was thinking about this the other day um, because I remember I like went to a sleepover once and they were going to watch a scary movie. And I was Ooh. like, oh, no. And I don't know if I'm misremembering the movie, but I feel very strongly it was that Darkness Falls movie with the like murdering tooth fairy. But... Okay, I looked it up. That movie came out in 2003. So I would have been like basically a teenager at the time. And that just feels like, oh, Alyssa, are you remembering your life right? Because I felt (laughs) like I was older than I should have been to be like worried to go to the sleepover because we're going to watch the scary movie. Um, That was also a movie I tried to watch again like a few years ago. And I was like, this is so stupid. Like, why was I afraid as a 12 year old, I guess? Like, uh, it. It is a completely insane movie, and it's so funny that that is potentially the movie that, that you watched then, because I also watched that movie in a sleepover, right? and it was, this was also before I was into scary movies, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, is this this is really scary. Yeah, right. It's so weird to like look at the like framing of things that you watched when you were a kid, and then like revisiting those later, and be like, oh, okay. I watched uh, Leprechaun when I was like five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not all of it, but like enough yeah and it scared the shit out yeah. of me like it was so scary yeah but if i watched that today it would honestly be a great time i would yeah. have so much fun watching oh, yeah. it because it's, it's there's no way it's scary right but like yeah a five-year-old colby is gonna be like why is that scary leprechaun murdering that guy like what <laughs> right. in the world right like leprechauns are supposed to be cute and pleasant and like serial mascots and not like murdering people basically. exactly exactly so what what was can you remember a movie that, or maybe a, a like a time in your life where they, where you started to come around to it? Yeah. So it's like when I was a kid, I never chose horror movies. Um, and then it was kind of like the typical, oh, you know, I'm like a teenager now and I'm like going to the movies with my friends and now I'm going to go see horror movies like in the theaters and mm-hmm. it's like an experience then and you want to be like cool or whatever. Um, but I'm trying to think it's like my current horror movie taste is like... <laughs> Two very, very different spectrums of the genre, I would say. Like, I also consumed horror, I think, in weird orders sometimes. Like, I saw most of the classic ones, like Halloween and everything, Mm -hmm. like, later in life. So, those, it's like, I more was like, okay, I can appreciate this for being a classic horror film. And, like, I like the time period of it, but it wasn't like a scary it's not like your go-to yeah yeah and so i um gosh i like the first friday the 13th movie i watched was the sixth one because (laughs) we in high school at a church camp went to camp where they filmed the sixth movie and so we watched it which now i'm like how did we watch a friday the 13th movie at a church camp? camp Those things are all like blood and boobs, That's right? It's a good church camp. Especially the later ones. But yeah, we watched it there. And then they tried to do this thing where they like set up, like they put us in canoes in the middle of the night and like tried to scare us. <laughs> and it ended up being terrible because they just had one of the counselors swimming through the water and he's just like, Woo! and I'm like, okay, no. All they would have had to do to make it really scary is have any of them put on the Jason mask and stand on the shore and like, if we're just coasting by and we see it, that would have killed me. Because my big thing with horror movies is that, like, that's the peak of what creeps me out the most is when the thing is there and you see it kind of far away and you know it's there and you know it's going to come get you. Yeah. So, like, recent example, I don't even feel like this movie really scared me, but it had a lot of that. And so it at least that hit me. But, like, it follows. That's mm. 90% of it. Yep. Seeing the lady in the background kind of slowly walking to the screen, you know? Yes. Um, I remember, like, one of my formative 
not even movie, but like a story when I was a kid was my friend told me that one time her mother was like hanging out in the living room watching a movie and she saw like a figure, a guy or whatever outside the window just like looking at them inside. And nothing ever happened, apparently. Maybe this actually didn't even happen, but that always stuck with me because just this thought of like being watched, I guess, and like the danger existing and not necessarily being aware of it. That sure. always like, I don't know, tapped into like a deep thing in my psyche. And there are so many movies that use that. Oh yeah. That use that exact kind of fear uh, really well. And I think It Follows is honestly maybe the best example. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, like I remember when that movie came out, I saw it in theaters and it was like, oh, this is different. This is like, yeah. And, and looking back on it now, it kind of feels like that was kind of a, a marking film for like mm-hmm. a lot of things that came after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I think the as the years go by, I think it follows will wind up being like a, a, a true classic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the cinematography, the the music is so good. I yeah, mean, yeah, for sure. Oh God, I gotta I gotta rewatch it. I'm excited. <laughs> so that that's a great example of like one end of mm-hmm. my horror movie taste. I mean, like to sound like the peak cliche of like a film programmer, the like. Art House indie horror movies. Like, I, I love that shit. Yeah. Um, it follows Raw. Um, oh, my God. Raw is so Raw's good. So and good. so gross. Disgusting. But, like, I think I'm cool with body horror. I hate, like, torture porn yep. body horror. But, like, that degree I could handle. And that's mm-hmm. the stuff that, like, really um, elicits, like, a physical reaction in me more than anything else, I would say. I think body horror is a big part of uh the films that we that we like to watch for the podcast obviously we don't enjoy the torture porny stuff but like we have to watch this sometimes but if you ask like we'll we'll be excited to watch body horror like that's (laughs) like i I would love to be grossed out (laughs) yeah especially when it's done well like the thing and like the practical effects like that makes that so visceral and it feels real because you can't fake stuff like that to a certain extent with like cgi ever yeah. it's just C- not gonna come close. it just yeah cgi just doesn't it, it can cover a lot of things but yeah body horror just doesn't quite do it yeah i think it's it's got to be it's got to be practical or like some other way you yeah. know the other end of my horror movie spectrum in recent years is just like you know peak cheesy 80s horror movies like preferably with a theme song that is the title of the movie i've gotten a lot of good recommendations from like the videodrome guys Mm. of like just random genre specific like product of the time usually using practical effects creature designs like just the weirder the premise the better the like kind of culty i probably only watch these with at least some degree of like alcohol in my system i would hope so yeah right because otherwise what's the point but like the fun time can't be like i love that i think that's such a like i've more recently been getting into those kinds of movies because i think for a long time the like uppity film kid in me was like I'm above that. I'm more. Right. I'm, I'm only into art house horror. Right, right. But like, in the last couple of years, and honestly, being good friends with Christian has helped because yeah. Christian loves shit like that. Yeah. Um, has really kind of opened me up to it, and I can like enjoy myself now. Yeah, because then let you're go. having fun exactly. at the same time, exactly. and there's just like it's. I don't know. I think maybe, God, I'm having like a light bulb moment now as we're talking. Like maybe that is a reaction to like when I was a kid. Horror movies felt like. God, like a punishment almost of yes. like, I'm not ready for this and it's going to hurt Why are you doing me. this to me? Like, no. And then so being able to see them in a different way and appreciate things about it and either laugh at it or be like, well, this is really well made and like the score is really cool or like the set design or the cinematography. It's like all of like what I call like, oh, peak Alyssa shit in movies, you know, but like it also happens to be a horror film. Like I appreciate that angle of it too. So maybe like both ends of that spectrum are like a weird reaction to like what horror movies were for me when I was a wimpy child. I think that makes a lot of sense because you're you're getting both sides of your brain there. And yeah, would you say that there are any decent modern day examples of that kind of like fun campy horror i I know there are a few out there that have come out in the last few years yeah i'm trying to think i think like cabin in the woods is the most easy recent example where it just like it still has all of the horror movie elements but it also you can tell it doesn't take itself too seriously it's so meta and it's so meta i really like meta 
stuff if it's done well like yep. i'm like oh yeah okay i see what you're referencing and like you know like you can see your place i guess in that bigger picture totally. and like it's paying homage to it even as it's kind of creating something new at the same time there's a uh, there's a movie that came out uh i think this year either either earlier this year or late 2020 um that i think you would probably love if you yeah. haven't already seen it. it's called psycho Gorman. oh okay no and it is a true uh, bonkers movie, yeah. and it, but it's it doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. It's incredibly gory. Yeah, it's uh, I think that if I can remember this correctly, the basic premise is these uh, two kids uh, find this amulet and it summons a demon yeah. or like a demon monster thing, and they control it. Right, <laughs> and so that's the premise. But uh, outside of the like really goofy violence and gore. There's like no cussing. The kids yeah. are like very pure. <laughs> yeah. It's very very funny. I think I think you would probably probably really enjoy it because okay. I had a great time watching it. I will add it to my list for when I can enjoy films again. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. When is that? Anytime Who soon? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, there was something you know about like having like doing my job and then like doing it within my my living space and then you close the computer and then you're like how do i go and immediately right. watch something without at least like the benefit of like my 15 minute drive home to have that kind of like reset it's like a barrier yeah yeah oh, yeah so true i didn't even think about that so it's like it's funny because i will i have always felt guilty like every year since probably 2012 i've tracked like every movie new movie i've seen yep. that year um it was originally like a text thing on my computer and then I migrated it to like letterbox, but even those are like private lists that I don't want anyone to see. <laughs> sure. I'm not using that app appropriately, even though I love it. But it's I always like felt guilty of like not seeing more movies. And I really felt guilty this past year because you would think like this is my time to like watch all the things. Like what else am I gonna do? But I just completely retreated in the opposite direction. Yeah. And like either the only new decent stuff I could watch was television and then other than that it's just like let's put cooking channel on in the background or let's watch hours and hours of like home renovation shows and just like have it be noise because I just I needed that disconnect totally and yeah it's kind of hard when you have to watch film and you're judging it and considering it and you want to be really thoughtful of like taking that seriously it's hard sometimes to turn your brain off and just like be a casual consumer totally again, it's, I, I mean it's you're like looking at it in a whole different light than you would look at a movie that you're watching just for fun it's yeah. you're flexing a literal muscle <laughs> in your brain like that whole time like focusing yeah. on that and i think i i totally get like feeling bad about not watching enough movies last year because i felt the same way where you're like oh, i have so much time but like i just don't want to yeah. like and so i fully get it i feel like it's probably a more common thing than than we would imagine for yeah. For sure. For for like just film nerds, because not only was not a lot of stuff coming out, nobody really wanted to watch anything because we'd already watched all this stuff for the first two months, and then we're like, all right, well, fuck this, right? (laughs) Like, what else is there? Exactly. And I think you know, I think it's it's we're at a place now where it's starting to feel good again. Like, I've been to the theater a couple times, and and like that environment is just the same as I remembered. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, because in the before times, like, my hobbies were, like, going out to restaurants and going to the movies. And, like, there's, I think there's something so special about going to, like, the movies by yourself at, like, 11 a.m. on a weekday if you can. And just, it's, like, you and two 80-year-olds, yes. like, watching a movie. And you can just have this really transformative experience. And then you leave and it's, like, you have the whole rest of your day. But, like... I, I'm not the type of person that like goes out and like does things, one in general, but certainly <laughs> not by myself. But sure. like movies were the exception to the point that like I had a tradition where like every year on my birthday I would go see a movie by myself. Mm. And some of my best like movie cinema moments were those times where I deliberately chose to have that experience alone in a dark room. And that's part of honestly what brought me to the festival is just like, I love theaters and I love this idea that like strangers will sit in a dark room together and just like watch light bouncing (laughs) off of a screen and it can create like emotion and connection and memories and like all this thing like I'm gonna get sappy if I keep talking about it but there's just something very special about what film can do. I fully agree I think 
uh, I think if anybody who's listening has not at least tried to go see a movie by themselves, do it. Do it. Like, just do it. It, you'll either have the absolute greatest experience of your life or you'll realize, hey, I don't like watching movies alone. Yeah. And that's fine. But for, if you're like us, because I am 100% with Alyssa on this, I love going to movies by myself. Uh, I, in, in 2018, uh, in the height of Movie Pass, yeah, oh, R.I.P. That oh God, we didn't know how good we had it. I, I, I did <laughs> because I saw like uh, the the number of movies I saw in theaters that year was 131. Yeah, and I would say like 90 percent of those were by myself. Yeah, and it was in incredible year. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like, the greatest <laughs> year of my life as far as I was concerned. And I think I think it's a, a great way if you're an introvert like us. It's a great way to unwind. Yeah, and just relax sure. and. Either you're doing it after work. I used to uh, go after I would get off of work and I'd go to like a 4 or 4.30 showing yeah. and be the only one in the theater. And it's yep. the greatest experience. Or you can go to like an 11 a.m. showing and have the same experience. And it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so that's 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 our, our combined spiel. Go see <laughs> a movie pitch, alone. If you yes, will. exactly. Go do it. <laughs> do it. Just do it. <laughs> so let's get into the – Yeah. Let's get into your films. Okay. Film. Yeah, we'll we'll see where it takes us. Um, So I did have to go back to my childhood, kind of for all the reasons I talked about, because I don't know. I don't. It's weird. Childhood's scary. I get it. Yeah. You (laughs) know, it's just different when you're a kid and like you're experiencing things for the first time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the horror movies I've seen lately are either funny or like I just find them to be like deeply depressing, you know, more so than like scary um, I feel like that's been a, a common theme of horror movies in the last like oh five God. years or so. It's not yeah. a lot of like scare. It's yeah. a lot of just like anxiety. Yeah. And like that's I think what this kind of era of horror is all yes. about right now. And that's absolutely true in like the art house side of things for sure. Mm-hmm. Just like we're going to make you feel sad about life at its core. You're welcome. Do you like ghosts? Right. Also jump scare. But also contemplate your family relationships. Or your romantic ones. How do you feel about trauma and grief? Let's tap into why you need to go to therapy in horror movie form. As somebody who has started therapy this year, I agree. Yep. yep. (laughs) Everybody also needs therapy. Do it. Everyone. Pitch number two. Go to therapy. (laughs) We'll recap these in a list at the end of the show. Yeah, take notes. (laughs) So when I was a kid didn't seek out horror movies and so i was trying to think back of like okay what's a movie i know that i saw and i like remember watching and one of the earlier ones which i don't think i saw it when it came out i'm Mm -hmm. guessing this was like a few years later and it's gonna be an obvious choice because it was very popular at the time but it's the ring and nice I remember vividly, I was staying at my godparents' house. They live like kind of in the suburbs of Athens, mm-hmm. but like it feels like the boonies. Like I would come <laughs> back with like a deep southern accent and my mother <laughs> would always be horrified because she was like, no. You're turning. You weren't supposed to become this. <laughs> my Michigan was supposed to bleed into you a little bit and you were supposed to have that neutral tone. It would always fade, but... You know, it was, you know, we rode around in like golf carts and like four wheelers in her backyard and like she had pecan trees and like stuff. It was just like, it was a good place to grow up. Sounds great. Yeah. Great, great uh, childhood environment. Yeah. For sure. A good place to go and get away. Um, I didn't really have grandparents growing up. So she was kind of like the closest thing I had. And her husband's name was Bear legally. Fun fact. Um, Cool. Bear Grylls? I wish. (sighs) No, no. He was, he was a little cooler than Bear Grylls. No offense to Bear. He's a listener, but, so oh, we're I so know. sorry. I'm sorry, Bear. Um, don't take away your sponsorship of the podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, we she had a niece who was like a little older than me, and I'm pretty sure it was probably her idea to watch the movie. And I was like, okay, like you know, I want to be cool. I was probably I'm gonna guess I was like maybe 12. Oh, at that's the, time, the peak age of I don't want to not be cool. Right. Like anything but that. Right. The movie came out I think 2001. Sure. So like I was 10, but I think we saw it a little later. And I, I'm glad we talked about short films because when I think of horror movies and like things that stuck with me, it's not necessarily entire films. It's sure. moments in films. Um, 
So like the It Falls one is a good example of like old lady walking across the mm-hmm. field or whatever. Another one is the original Pet Cemetery when she sees her fucking sister like across the room like that. No. Yeah. Like no, thank That's you. That's a good one. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> like no. For me with The Ring, I remember watching it and being like, oh, you know what? I'm doing okay. Like, this is fine. This is easy. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like one of those things that they're like, oh, you're only afraid of roller coasters because you don't go on roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. I've tried it. It's not for me. So, you know, that's a that's not a good system all the yep, time. Not, but Not comparable. I was like, you know what? Maybe I've just been like hyping this up in my head. I'm doing fine. And like maybe there's just things about that that it's like – I liked the vibe of it or like sure. the score and just like the eeriness of it's it a, a little bit movie more. It is, too. you know, like, that helps. It is. And I admittedly, a lot of things about the ring have been ruined for me from like the presence of like scary movie. It's it's the butt of many jokes. The spoofs, all of that, mm-hmm. all of it. But I revisited it recently because I still think that the film within the film the tape itself is just so good and does exactly what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's fucked up. You don't know what the hell is going on. When you watch the rest of the movie, you start to understand some of the references. But like in the moment, it's like almost like an experimental film. It's like almost like David Lynch vibes in a weird way, but like probably not that sophisticated. I looked in Wikipedia and apparently they wanted him to do this movie at one point. Yeah, and he was like, no. And I'm like, okay, well that makes sense because this is like a lesser maybe rip off of like some of the weird shit in his filmography. He's probably like, I can do better. He's like, "Mm, yeah. Yeah. I can't see him making a remake either. Oh, that's true, I forget it's a remake. I do too because I'm sorry to say I did not ever see the original one. I haven't either. Maybe I should Maybe. eventually. What it's what's funny about the ring because I I have a distinct memory of when it came out. Um, I was, you know, nine or ten, yeah. I guess, yeah. around your age, and uh, absolutely not into horror movies. <laughs> and even the the commercials used to scare the shit out yeah. of me. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't wind up watching the ring until I was like an adult. Yeah, like in my twenties, probably. And didn't realize that it's, I think it's PG-13. Yeah. I always assumed that it was R, but it, it kind of blows my mind that it was able to to be that scary yes. to everybody. Yes. And just being a PG-13 Because so much of that, and I think so much of the effectiveness of it is, I guess it all comes back to the thing, that like lingering threat yeah. of something, you know? Like it's there and like weird things start happening. But it's all about that like race against time sure. to some extent of like, I know something's coming for me inherently and like there's that clock that's like ticking. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like the tape itself. I feel like it's, I feel like it's like a precursor to like the American Horror Story opening themes. Sure. Like you could throw that theme song yeah. on that sucker and it'd be like, yeah, this is some like fucked up Ryan Murphy shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Of just like, let's throw weird images at you. And you're maybe not even necessarily meant to process what it means. It's just like, I want you to feel wrong. Like it does feel like a cursed tape. And I think there's something interesting uh, as far as like, because you're in the act of watching it. And so right. there is something uh, inherently scarier about it because as people who enjoy watching things, right. whether movies, TV shows, it can be anything, like you're automatically kind of buying into that where like, what if I watch a YouTube video on accident and it's going to fucking curse me? Yeah, what if like, my phone rings when this is over? Exactly. Like, yeah. like there's yeah. always that lingering fear and, and it does such a, good, such a good job of that. Yeah. That it's just really impressive. You're right. It also, like, that movie as a whole has a thing that I like in horror movies where it just, it very much ends with, like, a question mark of, like, you know, like, okay, they they have to copy the tape and you have to consider the ramifications of, you know, saving yourself but furthering this for someone else. I like when movies end with something Mm -hmm. like that where you're like, oh, I was given a little bit of information right here at the end, and now I have to process that kind of on my own. Now as there are a implications. Viewer. Yes. Yeah. Raw does the same thing where they drop something there right at the end for you, and you're like, oh, now I have to like reconsider a lot of what I've seen. Now I get to tell like a story almost in my own brain of like 
this mm-hmm. family story and the yeah. history and like what comes after and that i just i like actually getting to participate as a viewer mm-hmm. i like open endings i like being able to kind of decide what i think things mean or even to some extent what i think is going to happen from it, there it makes the that drive home a lot more fun yes from the movie theater whether you're by yourself or with somebody because yeah you're either ha- either having that conversation with somebody or you're like thinking in your head you're like holy shit Right. That was wild. Right. You have that thing and where it's you funny like, way. yeah, you stand up and the credits are rolling and you're like walking outside of the theater and you're just like, okay, I'm going to think about this for a while. And then it just becomes, I don't know. It's like, that's when it leaves a mark on you. Mm-hmm. It I just think. sticks. It sticks in your brain yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, so I- I'm curious what, when, when you watched it with your cousin? No. Yeah. Basically. I mean, and I think my godparents watched it with us, too. Like, yeah, I think it was that kind of thing of like, yeah, we're going to watch a scary movie. I have no idea what they thought of it. I don't think we actually like talked about it. And <laughs> if course. we did, I don't remember. Did it? Do you remember like feeling scared while you were watching it and being like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, nobody's going to see this. Nobody's going to see that I'm scared right now. <laughs> kind of. I do remember we, it was like we watched it at night. And so, you of know, course. you have the benefit of like the dark room of like getting to, like, oh, I'm just gonna curl up in this chair don't pay attention and to like me. don't look at me, don't see the tension in my shoulders. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like I think maybe the parts that I should have been scared of in that movie were not the parts that got to me. Like when she actually crawls out of the TV, I don't think that really got me because yeah. there's something about like it kind of took away from it of like actually seeing the thing it literally breaks the fourth wall it does she busts right through it punches right through right there and yeah i don't know i think it still is that thing of like the the knowing of it without actually like it's just hard for like the actual reveal sometimes to not be a letdown yeah and that's that's just a that's just kind of a a thing of horror movies like it's sometimes the reveal is done well sometimes there is never a a reveal Uh, like in the Blair Witch Project, yeah. which is one of my all-time favorite horror yeah. movies. Yeah, and like <laughs> that that's, that's like another one of like the moment mm-hmm. in that film. Like a lot of that film made me nauseous because like, <laughs> you know, yep. I needed a Dramamine before I watched it. But like, yeah, that, that literal just shot of him standing against like face in the wall in the basement. And then you're like, oh, wait, they told me this earlier. And then you have that moment of recognition that, yeah, that image of him and the record like the remembering that thing clicking you know in my head as i watch it that that's a part that stands out to me such a good moment in in film and blair witch was one of my first horror movies that i started watching that i watched in high school yeah because i had the benefit of having older siblings right who one of whom is actually a horror fan so i was able to like you know get recommendations and stuff from him which i'm very lucky but so it's even more interesting that like you don't have siblings and so you were still able to to kind of latch on to the to this kind of stuff uh, just the same. Yeah. <laughs> in the same way. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was like, you know, friends or boyfriends or whatever that were like, watch this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch I this guess. thing. Sure, fine. And it was interesting, you know, certain times I would go see a movie with someone and they would be like way more affected by it. I remember like um, when Paranormal Activity came out, my roommate slept on the couch for like a month after we saw that. And I was just like, okay, like it was effective at the time, but like right. she really was like, no, a demon is going to come and get me. Those movies really, really messed with the non-horror fans that saw oh, yeah, them. For sure. But if you were like a fan of horror, you're like, oh, this is a cool movie. Yeah, that was like, well made. I respect that. That you was know? fun. Yeah, that was one of those. I think also like I'm generally more spooked by like, crazy real person because uh, you know that feels a lot more possible and likely and like home invasion movies and stuff like are always like no thank you no thanks because i live in a home and someone could (laughs) surely invade it yes i think it's a i always wonder like with with horror fans what kind of specific things scare them yeah yeah, it makes sense with home invasion yeah for me it was like not not so much anymore but growing up was like demons scared the shit yeah, out of me sure. like i was so scared of being possessed by demons yeah seeing demons in my room in my closet like everywhere and so what I, I if i had to say what scares me now i don't know death just like yeah. like existential right like i think that's truly what scares me now yeah and yeah. so what whenever i see a movie that like dives into that yeah 
it's less of like a scary. It's just like a dread. Like right. I just feel. Ugh. You're like, no, I don't want to actually have to think about. I don't want to consider these implications. <laughs> yeah, no, don't remind me that life is fleeting. Like, thank you. But show me all the gore. Show me. Right. Like, I can. I am. I can handle some stuff. <laughs> but like, it's, if you get into that, I'm. I'm gonna feel uncomfortable. Right. That's when we tap into the ter- like therapy side of exactly. things again. And you're like, mm, you're making me address truths that I've been hiding for a very long time, probably. Yeah. And I think that's if if a horror movie is able to do that, yeah, that's a success. Like that's yeah. a really cool thing. And I think in the last few years, obviously there have been a few that have done that, like Hereditary mm-hmm. and Midsummer, and you know the, those kinds of movies from this kind of like next generation of horror yeah. horror directors. And the Babadook's another one that's like totally. we're gonna talk about a thing and like personify it in a way that like you might not realize this is actually about this something else right you know and i i think that is clever and that kind of takes it to another another place of just like showing what horror can do and like the ability to still tell like just as meaningful of like stories through horror because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people do kind of brush off the genre as just like slapstick or cheesy or just like meant to have like a a visceral like physical reaction mm-hmm. but like yeah some of my favorite films like really tap into like i don't know like humanity and stuff like yeah like the human condition like that's yeah. that's what stories are all about and that includes horror stories like i yeah. think if a if a horror movie is able to not only scare us right whatever however that may be but also like make us care about the characters yeah for that's sure. incredible that's like yeah the best experience especially if you're seeing it in theaters yes a horror movie in theaters is the absolute ideal way to experience one. yes if you have the right audience True. I've had some terrible. Oh, I can imagine. Oh my god. Wait, tell me some. Okay. Um, I mean, the obvious like talkers or like sure. laughers or whatever, like the people that are. I don't know. It's also like me getting older and I'm just like becoming the peak. Like, oh, youths. But like, you they know, they do suck though. They, they do. do ruin the Even experience. Even though, like, I know I was them when I was in high school, mm-hmm. like being a little shit yep. in the like back row or whatever. But like, yeah, as I've gotten older, I'm just like, why are you even in a theater if you're not gonna like appreciate it? Just go home. Put your phone away. Yeah, I remember. Um, God, a few years ago, it comes at night. Oh, you know that's that's definitely a human condition. Yeah, that's, one and like that's a a movie that does not really follow the the no, trailer that no, was revealed. No, 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 and you know that that might have been like it. They marketed a very particular side of that movie right. that is maybe not entirely what that movie is, and so sure, some people I was in that theater with probably had um, inappropriate like expectations for what that movie was about to deliver, yeah. but. I remember very distinctly like that movie ends and the end credits are like silent because they want you to like sit with it. You know what I mean? And Consider like, it. Yeah, yeah. Like don't leave yet. Sit in your feelings because <laughs> we just gave you a lot of them yeah. and we want you to process that, you know? So I was doing that because mm-hmm. that's what I was supposed to be yeah, doing. You're following the directions. Uh, and this like teen probably, hopefully, um, a girl behind me was just like, oh, what? <laughs> and it just like cut through the silence of the theater like a knife. And then she's like, I am sorry. I I am sorry, but what? And I just, I just got up and left. I was just like, I cannot exist around you. I'm very sorry. This was not the movie for you. And that's really okay. But yeah. like, wow did that pull me right out Yeah, nothing takes you out of that experience like that (laughs) and at least that was fine because the movie was over it's it's different than like people being terrible in the middle of it and Mm -hmm. like taking the scares away but on the flip side when you're watching something like paranormal activity when like you don't really necessarily care about like oh, I need to feel feelings or, oh, this is serious. You're just experiencing something. I have something. to hear this one line that they're yeah. saying, right? You know, yeah, you want to hear the sounds and you want to hear the things. But mm-hmm. there is something fun in the right setting for the people that are like, no, don't go there. Yes. Like, what are you doing, girl? What are you doing? <laughs> and you just like having that like catharsis of like, 
I don't know. Like, Everybody's experiencing it together. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking that maybe, and then dude three rows back says it, and it's funny, and that's almost like a sense of relief yeah, too. It's like an uncomfortable laugh from the tension of, of yeah. like, okay, I can have a little break from this, and you've kind of pulled me and given me that space to breathe, and then we're gonna go back in it together. And then I think that also just ties into the like community feeling of watching a film in a movie and knowing that you're experiencing something with other people yeah the, as much as as much as i do love being in a theater alone yeah like being the only one in there there is something really like communal like you said yes. about either being in like a midnight movie yeah. that's sold out and everybody's excited whether it was like harry potter back in the day oh, yeah. or like yeah. the marvel movies these yeah. days like there is like a an excitement there that you just can't get anywhere yeah. else you can't replicate it and like that's something that was weird at our past couple festivals mm. because, you know, the first one, especially last year, it was all drive-in. And so you're just looking at like a yeah. lot of cars and you're hoping that they're having that experience in their car, but you don't get to hear the laughter or the mm. like the gasps or the claps or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm, I know that like must have been so hard for filmmakers too, because that's such a like test case of like, watching people watch your movie and yeah. like where are they laughing where do they cry maybe and just like being able to feel that buzz and that energy you know yeah that's true i didn't think about that yeah and obviously i i went to the to the film festival last year and so i got to experience the the great drive-ins and, and all the the programming that you guys did but yeah that's an interesting way to think about it because i hadn't thought about the like how a filmmaker is is yeah seeing it yeah you know and seeing us as the audience Wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then I'm like paranoid as a programmer of like, oh God, like do these shorts even work together? Like, do people like it? Like what, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Are they reacting in the way that like I hoped they would, especially with our shorts? Like we're very much like curating those almost like a playlist. We're kind sure. of like telling our own story through the films we pair together. And so there's just, it's really hard to know if yeah. it's really working and like are people vibing with whatever we managed What's on to do. <laughs> to mention, you mentioned that they come in like blocks. So yeah. Give some examples because I there's so many cool ones that you guys make <laughs> and they're all so unique and I'm every single one I'm like, I want to go to this one, I want to go to this one, I want to go to this one. So mention a couple of them because I know that you guys yeah. have some recurring ones as well. Yeah, so like we we have ones that happen every year where we always are going to have a comedy block. Mm -hmm. um, we have one that we kind of refer to as other worlds that's usually like a mix of like sci-fi and maybe horror and fantasy and it very much depends on what we get each sure. year, certainly. Genre stuff. Genre stuff, but yeah. We usually have some sort of midnight, like what the fuck, the weirdest Those stuff. Are, that's a fun one. Yeah. I always enjoy the the weird cult one. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, filmmakers, and especially shorts filmmakers, they can do weird shit in the span of a few minutes. Yeah. And like, it's fun to find things that like, if they can create a reaction in like programmers that have seen everything i've been very scarred over my time <laughs> at this job certainly probably not often by the films that like expect that they would scar me sure. possibly love a good surprise yeah right but we yeah we program other blocks um thematically and we're like predominantly a submissions-based festival so we kind of let the films find us and we're watching things the whole time. And then once we kind of get through that first pass, we just look at what we have and we start to, it's putting a puzzle together right, essentially. Right. And I don't know, we like that. We feel like it really celebrates the work of the filmmakers by curating it thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to create experiences for our audiences that is the same. I kind of want you to know like, oh, I'm gonna watch this thing and it's made up of maybe eight different films right. and maybe they won't love every single film in that block, but they all kind of come together with a purpose and like to tell a story. Um, yeah. So this year we named all of our blocks after things you missed during the uh, quarantine. Yeah. Um, and like really the normal things, like obviously there was a lot of pain and trauma and suffering this past year mm -hmm. but there was also a lot of just kind of normal day-to-day -day slices of life that we just like didn't get to experience yeah. and you maybe didn't realize like that you were missing them before so we named like our animation block a night at the museum oh yeah as an example that was such a good one thank you oh my god <laughs> we named our like other worlds block this year boarding gate to kind of reference the travel mm -hmm. and moving between, you know, real life and 
fantasy. Right. Um, now new, like new Mavericks. New Mavericks. It's yeah. like a recurring one that I yes, always love. That's been around since 2012, 13. Didn't Brantley have yeah, a few? Yeah. Brantley's been very involved in New former, Mavericks. Former little scary guest, yes. Brantley Watts. Shout out to Brantley. Shout out to Brantley. <laughs> yes. And so we've had that as a year round program as well. Um, it's really evolved. But yeah, that focuses on films um, directed by women or gender nonconforming directors mm-hmm. with also a woman or gender nonconforming person in the lead role. Um, yeah, so that's always there and it's just, it's kind of, we have a somewhat of a framework, but we really never know what we're going to do before we just go in and we let the films guide our way. And it's it's, so fun. You mentioned that it's like putting a puzzle together and that makes a lot of sense because you've got all the pieces there. Yeah. You got to see how they all fit together. Yeah. And every year, honestly, I'm like, how do we do this? How (laughs) it's not going to happen. And then it does. And if we're always, I think the shorts blocks is really the way that we like feel the most creative sure. and like get to really have that like curator eye in a way that's like really personally fulfilling to us, which is also why I will never give up short films. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> they're fun. Because yeah, you're you're creating like a, a what's the word? A mosaic of yes. like. Uh, it's literally a new piece of art. With yeah. All of these little pieces of art kind of thrown in together. Yeah, yeah, and it's always interesting to see other festivals maybe play the same two films in a block but with completely other different films or play two films completely apart from each other and just see how different programmers at different festivals interpret things true i imagine you you go to a lot of festivals yeah as well just to kind of like see what other people are doing yeah yeah for sure especially like the regional ones there's a lot of great southern festivals new orleans sidewalk and alabama um, but I've been to Sundance the last few years, right. so it's it's cool to see kind of the range of festivals yeah. and how people do things differently and kind of what they choose to prioritize, I guess. Sure. Well, what would you say the Atlanta Film Festival maybe prioritizes the most? If if you, I know that's a hard question. <laughs> like like what yeah. do you, what do you think is is unique about the Atlanta Film Festival? I it's the only one that I know super yeah. well, and so I will sing all the praises for the film festival. Uh, it's it's awesome. I I look forward to it every single year, but you probably know it better than I do. <laughs> oh God, I hope I know it. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're out of the Atlanta Film Festivals. We are like a general interest, and so that's kind of unique in that regard. Um, as a programmer, you know, like we said earlier, I – I can't necessarily program things for myself right. all the time. Like I'm having to look outside my taste and I, I'm i trying to just build a cohesive block of films where maybe every film isn't for everyone, but hopefully anyone could look at our program and find at least one thing that they connect to. Yeah. Um, there's something for everybody. There should be, hopefully. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of hard because we just, we do our best every year to make a kind of cohesive and solid program that does feel dynamic and diverse in terms of genre and style and everything Mm -hmm. um but i don't know it's just kind of i think film programmers we are just meant to discover things like the filmmakers are the ones that create like they they do the hard part they make the work and we just kind of find that work um try to isolate what we think Atlanta might respond to whatever mm. that could mean right and our benefit is to act as a platform and to kind of like lift up that work and bring it to people that could probably not have seen it otherwise and that kind of sense of discovery you know it's like I've been doing this for too many years like six years I guess yeah. but like that's 30 in festival years we always joke yeah but it still feels the same when I find a film that is just like different and grabs me you know it's still like the very first good short mm-hmm. that I saw when I was a little baby even if you just watch no like confidence. 20 bad ones oh yeah that, that that one good one that you see is like when oh. something jumps out you're like damn like this is special yeah. and it's like reassuring <laughs> that I can still recognize that you still got it. Yeah, I got something. <laughs> got something. There's something there, hopefully. I'm trying to tap into it. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm i already, even just talking about the festival is making me excited about the next year's festival. 
Because when, when did the this past one happen? It was April, April. 22nd That's right. through May 2nd. So I'm still admittedly recovering. Yeah, I we mean, also, <laughs> there's a hangover, right? We had like three festivals within the span of seven months last year because we had to postpone 2020. Mm-hmm. We were a satellite venue for Sundance in January, and then we had our festival. So we're tired. Wow. I didn't know all of that happened. Yeah. Whoa. But we're alive. Yeah. We did it. Made it through. We made it. We all made it. We're all here. We're all here together. And yeah, we're moving forward from there. Gosh, uh, 2021 has been better than 2020, but it's not. But it's still weird. Great. Yeah. Yeah. 2022 is going to be the year. It's the year. It's it's always going to be here. I hope so. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Um, Are there are there any films, any other horror films that really kind of stuck in your brain? obviously the ring is a, is a incredible example were there any other like you mentioned you had to go back to your childhood a little bit yeah yeah and like you know i also mentioned i saw most of the classics i also haven't seen all of the classic oh, true. that's like part of the like the weirdness in being a film programmer is like you feel like you have to have seen every movie that has ever been made and like no um, and that's always fun when people quiz you and then they're like, but you work in film for a living. How have you not seen this Name 10 thing? movies. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and even this, I was <laughs> like thinking about what I would choose. I was right. like, oh God, have I ever seen a movie? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, of course I have. Yeah. But again, pulled up my letterbox watch list and I'm just like, okay, yes, I have seen things. Yes. But so much of it. Again, I think I packed a lot of that content into like the latter half of my life. And every, and everybody, every film fan has a shame list of movies that they haven't seen. Sure. It's so common. Sure. I have a million on mine, yeah. whether they're horror movies or the Godfather movies. I haven't seen those. Yeah, it's But okay. like everybody has those movies. And so I think it's probably a whole different challenge as a film programmer yeah. because you have to like separate those out. And you're like, do I do I want to go back and watch those? Do I want to f- find something new to watch? Yeah. Like it's always that kind of because there's infinite options. Exactly. You know, I've been paying for a yearly Criterion Channel subscription for probably three years now. <laughs> I barely use it. I want to be that person again. Yep, yep. I have a friend that uses it though, so at least it's not completely going to waste. That's helpful. Um, but yeah, it, it is difficult because I've tried, especially when I was in film school, I tried to start like the AFI list like a bunch of times and just like run through it. And I probably got to number four, you know. And you're like, these movies are boring. <laughs> like, and they're all made by men. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Like, you know, and so part of that is like wanting to have context, I guess, around the decisions that I'm making at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. I don't know. I guess I'm trying not to have it shape that to some extent. So a lot of the things that I watch for fun, I really try to like turn that side of my brain off yeah. and just consume and like remember why I love film Pure enjoyment. in the first place. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I also like the dumb ones again. The like, dumb ones are nice. They are nice. And nice to turn your brain off and, and just enjoy it. Yes. When you when you were talking earlier about how you just how you enjoy like uh, the just like super cheesy uh, movies in the 80s, maybe 90s with yeah. a theme song. Sure. There was a movie that me and Christian watched uh, either last year, maybe two years ago. We didn't do it, for, do it for the podcast, but called Tammy and the T-Rex. Yeah. Have you seen that? I know of Tammy and the T-Rex. It is right up your alley. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. There is a banging theme song. <laughs> I think you I think you would really like it. It's a <laughs> completely ridiculous movie. It's got Paul Walker and... Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, speaking of, I uh, just saw Fast 9 or <laughs> F9 in theaters a couple nights ago. Yeah. Cannes Film Festival official selection. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm not going to say that I, I dislike, that I hate those movies and they're great to see in theaters, but what? Yeah. Can? Yeah. I don't know. You know, they're they're trying to, it's probably like when the Oscars tried to have like a blockbuster guess, category yeah. or something. That's bizarre. Uh, yeah. Fun, fun theater experience, though. I'll say yeah. that much. <laughs> yeah. For sure. That, I mean, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with the, like, classic popcorn flick blockbuster vibe where, like, I just want to turn my brain off yes. for a couple hours and watch people drive fast in a movie theater. I think that's one thing that a lot of, like, 
pretentious film kids are missing. Yes. And like I put a lot of emphasis on like blockbusters. I love a good blockbuster. Oh, yeah. But like of course I'm going to love an independent French movie about like, yeah. you know, three people falling in love together. Like yes. obviously I'm going to love those movies too, but like I'm going to go see every Marvel movie. Yeah. Every fast I mean, we're just movies. in it too long at this point. Exactly. You know? Like, like how do I'm you stop? committed. At this I also point. have appreciated the like Marvel TV renaissance, though, because yeah. again, I can't watch movies right now, but I can watch TV shows. So, like, thank you for knowing what I needed. That's true. You're getting they're they're doing it just for you. <laughs> yes, they, they know, knew they were they like Alyssa <laughs> over there wants TV shows. One of my favorite memories from film school. Um, on the topic of like the blockbusters mm-hmm. and the like pretentious art house things, it was like one of my very first film classes, like one of the basic ones we all had to take. Yep. Um, and you know, it was like taught by a grad student, and she had us go around the room and like say what our favorite movie was, which is like the Ugh, worst, that's a nightmare. The worst. I hate to do that. I hate it. Um, and especially when you're in a film class oh, you just and feel you're so like eighteen or whatever, and you're like, oh god, I got to be cool and like show that I've seen movies Mm -hmm. and so of course there's like the people that pick the like obvious ones of like oh you you did watch the AFI list and like you know cared um, about it or at least pretends to care about it so one kid was like I'm gonna have to say Citizen Kane (laughs) god fuck that kid and bless her the teacher was like really Citizen (laughs) Kane you pop that in on a Tuesday with a bucket of popcorn and just watch it for funsies and he's like and then we get around to the other side of the room and one guy was like you know honestly my favorite movie is bad boys too hell yeah respect to that guy bless you you're the only real one in this fucking class because you were honest that student quentin tarantino yes (laughs) (laughs) i think at one point i remember uh in one of those classes, they, they do that on the first day of class. Yeah, you just always. go around and, and they make you say your favorite movie. And I was so self-conscious and I didn't know what to pick. And I still don't really have like a no. single favorite movie. Yeah. And so I picked the Newsies. Yeah. And the teacher laughed at me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, hey, you're missing out. It's, yeah. It's a, there's some banger songs in there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite movie now, but it's probably top 10. But you got to think about like, what are the movies that you can just pop in on a random Tuesday if and you're absolutely just having that a shit is. day. And mm-hmm. like- yeah, sometimes those movies are seen as like, oh, silly or like fluff. But like, I don't really believe in guilty pleasures when it comes to like film, especially. Yeah. It's just like movies are movies. And if it brings you joy, just fucking watch it and think, don't feel shame. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on that. I think uh, I think I don't believe in guilty pleasures either. Mm-hmm. And not even necessarily just in film. Yeah, I'm just in general. Uh, and I say that from experience because in the last couple of years, I've gotten very into K-pop. Yeah. Like, and, and originally it was like, oh, I feel guilty about liking this. But now I'm like, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> like, this you're is like, the, why? I, I, it brings me joy. If I am listening to this when, I, when I'm running, I feel like I can run through a wall. Right. Like, it feels great. Oh, yeah. And so like, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's, if, if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Yeah. And that's cool. And if people are judging you for that, they're lame. Yeah. You're they not are lame. lame. You're the cool one. And I say that as a film person. Two <laughs> film people are telling you you're cool. <laughs> that means you're pretty cool. <laughs> Ugh, we're milking our, our pretentious filmness. Yeah. Uh, too hard, I think. Too hard. We're fluffing up our own egos way more than we need to, I think. Listen, you're an Atlanta film person. I'm a podcaster. That's true. So those are our titles. There you go. So That's what it says on my business card. Atlanta film person. Oh, man. That's so... That's, Official. Yeah. Yeah, it's so vague. It's perfect. I know. It's mysterious. Um. So... I don't know. Tell tell people where they should be following, like the film festival, whether it's social media. What what should they be doing, or what they should, should they be looking out for coming up yeah. in the future? Yeah, um, AtlantaFilmFestival.com, AtlantaFilmSociety.org. We're on all the social medias. Um, we're open for submissions now, currently. Awesome. Um, both films and screenplays. So oh, cool. Send me your movies. Um, see if you can traumatize me. Maybe I don't know. There's, there's still probably something a submission hasn't tapped into. There's some. Hey, you know, if you want to be traumatized, we got some movies for you oh, on sure. this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I did a scroll of the past episodes. I also, <laughs> side note, my experience with the traumatizing horror movies is I'm really good at reading the Wikipedia summaries there and you then go. never watching them. Yep. So yep. I've quote quote seen a lot of the classics, but I will never actually watch. Watch them. Zero judgment. Ever in my life. I will never judge anybody for not watching them. But props to you (laughs) for experiencing that. 
just desensitized subjecting yourself yep. to it you know but yeah we're doing a thing we're planning a festival we want to see movies yeah send them our way if you got them you mentioned that you guys do like classes and stuff as yes. well yeah so atlanta film society is gonna be the hub for all of our year-round programming and cool. stuff um if you want become a member you get discounts on the classes especially as the world's opening up again we do a lot of advanced screenings things like that get out there and do it and be out in the world again it'll feel good enjoy film with other people that enjoy film and do it in the same room as each other get out your house talk to people it feels so cool this is the first uh little scary that i that we've done uh in person yeah in like over a year i mean i can't say over a year because we've been doing this podcast for a year but (laughs) honestly i think this is the first one i've done in person and so even that just feels cool like the fact that we're in the studio together Ooh, in the studio studio yeah, I was just like, please don't make me be on Zoom anymore. I yeah. feel like I live there now. It's lame. And seeing people in person is cool again. Yeah. It's nice to feel, you know, everything's still kind of, but it's nice to have some semblance of some normalcy. The before good. times. Yeah. yeah. Theaters are good. Yeah. Go to a theater. They're safe. They're safe. Go to the Plaza Theater specifically. Yes. I'll do that pitch as well. There you go. They have ionization. It's very safe and healthy. And that's a great way to support independent cinema because it's an independent theater and it's very pretty inside. Atlanta has has tons of great theaters. Plaza is an incredible one. It's been there forever. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally since forever. the dawn of time. <laughs> dinosaurs used to work there. Fun fact. Tammy and the T-Rex. There's Yeah, Tammy. Oh, man. Good old Tammy. She was the projectionist. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're right. Like, it looks incredible on the inside. It's uh, It's historic. Go go see a movie there. They do they still do Rocky Horror? I think they're bringing it back soon. Um, Plaza Drome is coming back oh, soon. Where they where where the Plaza works with Videodrome and mm-hmm. comes up with a screening of some yeah, sort of weird stuff, bizarre movie. For sure. I've Old been to things. a couple of them. Incredible fun. Always a good time. Yep. Um, Wussy Mag screenings are coming back. That's always oh. a good time. Campy quote alongs usually with drag performances. Yeah, lots Ton, of fun tons stuff of events. To do. Yeah, um, yeah. Go go take advantage. I. Believe it or not, I've never been to the Rocky Horror yeah, before, yeah. so I feel like I I have to I have to go. You I gotta have to, like, experience, experience it. it yeah, yeah, for sure. Which it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be really fun. Any movies that you're looking looking forward to, or things that you've seen lately? Maybe horror oh, movies. Oh God. We just saw. We just uh, did an episode on Censor. Oh yeah. This past week we played that um, as part of our Sundance thing. Nice. Did I watch it? No, but you know, it's fair. one day. I think you Hopefully. might like it. Yeah. I think you might like it. It's, it seemed like the the vibe that i tend to enjoy yeah yeah it's pretty meta yeah um we we, me and christian were talking like after seeing censor in theaters and seeing trailers in Mm -hmm. theaters yeah we're like oh there's so many movies that we're excited about because we're seeing the trailer in theaters yeah Yeah. um so so there's a lot that we're looking forward to coming out in the future but i'll see you at the movies we'll see we we will will see see you you there at the movies unless you want to go alone which we fully respect and we won't bother you we'll sit a good distance away as we all watch a movie alone together and it will be a great experience yes so go out to the movies and uh talk to people i don't know yeah if you want to be a human or don't <laughs> whatever who cares we're all relearning how to be humans yeah. together right <laughs> we're, yeah. we're figuring this out together. what are social skills um but yeah go 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 check out uh, all the atlanta film festival stuff um i'll put the links in the uh description so definitely follow that stuff if you're interested in the classes obviously do them you'll you'll <laughs> you'll really enjoy them and learn some some cool skills along yeah. the way um but with that said thank you so much for for hanging out and and talking about the ring and talking about horror movies it's it feels good it just feels good <laughs> i think and so if you are uh ever interested in coming on for uh an actual episode where you yeah know, we watch something together does not have to be of the more fucked up variety. Traumatizing, we, sure. We are okay. We will not force that upon anybody. But if you are ever, ever, ever interested in coming back, we would love to have you and uh, hear what's going on with the Atlanta Film, Film, yeah. Film Festival along the way too. So For sure. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a great time. It's You're, nice to talk about film again. I know. Honestly. It just yeah, feels good. It does. Yeah. It does. I feel like myself. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> and and one thing that I'll end on is that I, I for years, as long as I've known Alyssa, is that I can always count on her to give me some good recommendations. So um, now that we are able to hang out in person again, this will be good. Uh, and selfishly, I will take advantage yeah, of that. Yeah, film so, bonding forever. Exactly. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, go see some movies. Bye. Bye.